everyone, and welcome into the Fourth and Gold podcast right here on Beyond the Big Ten. Follow us at Beyond the Big Ten. We're covering Gopher action every single week. I'm Joey Christopoulos today. Let's bring in our co-host. He's CBS Network's former NFL player, former Minnesota Gopher standout, Brock Vereen. Brock, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing better than I was Saturday night. <laughs> it was a brutal one, but you put it in the past. You look ahead. Uh, and that's really all that you can do. No one's going to question how positive P.J. Fleck and that team will feel the next time that they take the field in two weeks. But uh, th- there, there have been better Sundays, but I still feel really, really good right now. We are definitely going to look forward in this podcast as the Gophers are heading into the bye week. But first, Brock, let's just start with you know, a 52-10 to 10 loss uh, to Michigan. Uh, you were on the pod last week. You know, Obviously, uh, there was areas of concern that went into the game. Um, now that we have the final score, just give us your first blush thoughts and your perspective on, on what transpired uh, on uh, over the weekend. It was a team that was excited to play under the lights, excited to play on NBC, excited to play at home, excited to play in front of a sold-out crowd, excited for a Big Ten game, excited for everything, and the moment wasn't too big for them. I, mm. I know that the scoreboard may not indicate that. I know that the play of of some of the people who you needed to have big games doesn't call for that. But if you go back to some of the some of those first series, yes, interceptions, but if you look at it from the inside out, they punched first, right? Mm. I, I, I looked at the Minnesota offensive line not on the first series, there was a pick six early in the game, but that second series they came out and I said, okay, Michigan's de- defense has strengths everywhere. There's no weaknesses, but the teeth of that defense is 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 prominent, and Minnesota's offensive line was winning, and that's what excited me. It was, we just threw a pick six, we're in a hole right now, and this offensive line is still responding. The, the moment wasn't too big. Did the game get out of hand? Of course, but they were there to play. They played hard at a lot of positions, but as the scoreboard indicates, uh, they fell short at a lot of places as well. I'm so glad that you brought that up, though, Brock, because I think you know your perspective right here is so valuable in the sense of trying to ask yourself a question of, you know, you, you take a 52 to 10 loss, and then how do you move forward, right? How do you find the optimism? So if you could just kind of break it down a little bit. Uh, let's just stay in that place for right now before we get to areas of concern and how to approve. You know, when there is a game like this, um, is there is there there is some teach tape, right? There is some technique. You know, obviously mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, you had mentioned on pre-pod. You know, you you saw some missed tackles out there on the field. So talk a little bit about as they head into the bye week. You take a tough loss, but did you see enough teach tape on there to give you some optimism that they can kind of drill in, correct some of these things, and improve moving forward? 100%. I would say that the tackling was boom or bust. It was either a safety coming downhill, smacking Blake Corum, and you said, oh, okay, who was that? Darius Green, all right. Or it was, oh, man, J.J. McCarthy just broke three tackles again and scored, right? Both of the J.J. McCarthy – yeah, I think it was the – I think it was the first and third touchdown. No, sorry, it was the second and third touchdowns of the game, I believe, where, where J.J. McCarthy runs. And in both cases, one guy had him wrapped up in the backfield. They missed. A second guy had an opportunity, and he missed. I, I believe he broke two tackles on both of those plays. 
And in games like this, you have to take advantage of those opportunities. It, it, it was the defense may not have been as far as this year's performance. It, it, it hasn't been what a Joe Rossi defense has been historically top 10 in really every stat. Um, the interceptions have been there th- this year, of course, but it's the fundamental things. It's it's guys not in gaps that they should be, and it's missed tackles. It's miscommunication on the back end, letting guys run free. It's the little things, and it's signs of youth. This team is young in a lot of places. This team is going to be really good in the future, but like PJ Flex says, nobody cares about that because they care about right now. Youth is never an excuse for missed tackles, though. Youth can be an excuse for for miscommunication. It's not a good one, but you can understand guys playing in, in, in situations that they haven't been in. Youth can be an excuse for, hey, that guy was just better than me on this play. That happens. That's fine. It happens. Youth is never an excuse for missed tackles, I say, because you've been tackling ever since you were seven years old and your dad handed you your first helmet for your first tackle practice, right? So the missed tackles are concerning. That is probably the number one thing that I would say in regards to teach tape. And when we're going on the offensive side of the ball, um, I just want to get your perspective on Calic Manis. Um, you know, the box score isn't pretty. Uh, 5 of 15, 52 yards, touchdown, two interceptions. Um, on the second play of the game, as you already mentioned, he throws that pick six. So for a quarterback um, who gets punched in the face, as you kind of mentioned, so early on in the game, um, I don't know if you could be in the room, if you could sit down with him, he's got two weeks now to kind of shake it off. What is your, uh, you know, what is the pep talk? You know, what are you telling him, um, moving forward? Because as you said, this team still can improve, still can compete and there's plenty of room of growth. So after you take a bad loss like that, play a bad game, what do you tell Calic Manis? It's twofold joy because on one hand, he is still making mistakes and errors that you would expect week one and week two, Mm. right? That first pick six was absolutely brutal. Um, It was, it was clear what the coverage was. They disguised it a little bit, but it's, it's just not a throw that any quarterback at the D one level should be attempting to make. But at the same time, hindsight is 2020. Let me preface with that. But I look back at games like Eastern Michigan, and I wonder, those are the games where you want him to make those mistakes, right? Why run the ball 50-something times when you have a quarterback who you're going to need to de- to develop because there's going to be Big Ten games that you're not going to be able to run the ball as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty. It, it's It's so easy for me to talk about a game a month and a half ago, um... But I struggle to believe that if he didn't make those mistakes earlier, he would be more polished now. He comes out against Nebraska, and I love what they did. Hey, we're not running it too well. Let's just let the young guy go out there and chuck it 45 times. And he made some bad throws, but you know what happened at the end of the game? He made some incredible throws. And that, I feel, should have been a microcosm of the season. Of the season. You don't have to throw it 45 times every game, but yeah, you should feel comfortable saying we're going to beat Eastern Michigan. We're not losing to this team one way or another. So yeah, let's, let, let's prove that the run game can get going because it wasn't against Nebraska, but let's let the young guy go out there and chuck it and make mistakes. And how PJ Fleck runs the team, it, it is disciplined, 
it is it is airtight it is mistake free so i understand that that goes against the philosophy that he has there but at the end of the day in the big 10 if you have a young guy in a prominent position he's going to make countless errors early on and i feel that by being so run dominant and then all of a sudden facing a team that you're not going to run it great against although they 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 ran in the first half better than i thought they would but there's also Ohio State's, there's Wisconsin's, there's Iowa's, there, there's team that historically don't let you run the ball against them. And I I fear that he is making mistakes now, him being eighth, and that he should have made earlier in the year. Let's get your finger on the pulse of it, because now um, we can call it good timing or bad timing. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. They enter a bye week now. Um, when you talk about running the rock, uh, we all know that Darius Taylor, again, missed another week of football. Hopefully the bye week gives him an opportunity to come back and play. Now, look. Um, you brought up a great point that I think Zach Evans and Bryce Williams have been have been admirable, right? I think they've done a pretty decent job. Um, but when we're talking about helping Kaliak Manis, I think you'd like to have Darius Taylor in the backfield. So as we move into the bye week, you know, I don't know, on a scale of 1 to 10, right, we've got the injury there, but other injuries racked up in this game moving forward into a bye week. Mm-hmm. Is this a good time or is this a bad time for injuries to creep up? I know you have time to heal, but this also seems like a time when this group needs to come together on both sides of the ball to correct some of these mistakes um, and to move forward with some consistency. So is the bye week a good time or a bad time right now for Minnesota? Joe, that, that's such a great question because I feel if you ask 10 different coaches or 10 different players, you might get 20 different answers. And <laughs> I always hated the bye week after two things. After a big win or after a big loss. After a big win, I want to play somebody Play again. tomorrow. We need Let's to keep this tomorrow. thing going. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I want to handpick who is our toughest opponent. I want them in six days, yeah. right? Also after a big loss because... And th- this is probably where a lot of players and coaches will differ the most because there's two ways of thinking and every team's chemistry is different by the people in the locker room. We just had a big loss. We need to forget about football for a little bit. We're still going to run. We're still going to watch film, but let's put the pads down for a little bit. Let's recalibrate. I'm probably going to have two or three days off. Let me go see grandma this weekend. You know, like s- some people think that way. I feel it's just going to be a cloud hanging over you when you're going to class whether you go to that party Friday night, when you're studying, no matter what you do, it's just this dark cloud hanging over you for the 13 days until you get back on the field. So personally, I see it as bad timing in regards to coming off of a massive loss and the rest of the schedule is not getting much easier. Now, it's great in regards to injuries. This is a banged up team. You mentioned Darius Taylor taking the world by storm and him having a complete three weeks off now not playing in the last two games in Louisiana, Michigan, and now the bye week. Great. Uh, But it kind of just starts there. Cody Lindenberg, who we have not seen at all this season, they call him the best player on that defense, a defense with Tyler Newbin. So, yeah, you better believe they're excited to get him back there. He had a bad hamstring injury and in camp. We have not seen him yet this season. Maverick Baranowski, who has done an incredible job filling in for him, there were a couple times that game he got up a little hobbled, and I I feel if there was someone behind him, if there was some more linebacker depth, they would have taken him off the field. I, I, I struggle to believe he's anywhere near 100%. That is also great timing. Chris Ottman-Bell, who he has technically started games. He doesn't have a target 
because I, I, I believe they, they just wanted to give him that start for, for starter's sake. Um, but he did not play against Louisiana, and we have, we have yet to see him. There are a lot of bodies that are banged and bruised. Any offensive or defensive lineman, after the first series of week one, you're not healthy anymore. You are just fighting to stay above 90% health so they can use it. So from a health standpoint, fantastic timing. From a momentum standpoint, awful timing. Final one for you here, Brock Vereen. Um, heading into the bye week, uh, I'll phrase it to you like uh, two different ways. So you can open two different doors right now. Door number one is um, uh, what would be your message to this team uh, as they reconvene and prepare for the second half of this season? What would your message be to this young group? Or door number two, if there was one area, one facet, offensively, defensively, schematically, whatever it might be, what is one area that if you think you see – consistent improvement upon uh, the programs heading in the right direction, the teams heading in the right direction that gives them the best success, success chance of success to compete in the second half of this big 10 schedule. I am starting to fall in love with this DB room. Mm. They are, mm. the stats don't show it and there are big plays given up, but I love that they're doing the things that you normally have to hide, have to question Point being, Darius Green, young guy, love watching him play. Even when he gets beat, he's he's in the right place. He just didn't make the play, right? It's it's not a situation where he's crazy outmatched, where he doesn't know what's going on. He's in the right place. It's just time and reps. And he's a guy next year who I expect to be all Big Ten, all 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 everything. He had a hit on Blake Corum. That's the hardest I've seen Blake Corum get hit this year, right? Th th those are things that a young safety, you try to hide him schematically so that he doesn't have to meet Blake Corum in the hole and they both have 10 yards of speed. And Darius won that 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 contact, right? Like that, Those things excite me. Uh, Craig McDonald, who we saw for the first time because he was buried behind Jack Henderson, another guy who we hope gets healthy. We saw him leave the game and he is such a focal point of that defense but the silver lining was Craig finally got in Craig was waiting on NCAA waivers he 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 was a transfer from from Oklahoma State and finally he got to play so he finally got cleared against Louisiana but he's behind Jack Henderson um so whatever happens with the health situation I, I hope they find a way to get them both on the field because they have two studs back there you obviously have Tyler Newbin Still working his way to maybe be a first round pick. And you have Jordan Wally who sorry, Justin Wally who has not quite been himself this year. If you look at the trajectory he's been on as a true freshman, you, you would think, okay, he's leaving as a junior. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Selfishly, I, I want him to come back because I, I am over the moon on not where this DB room is at currently, but the trajectory that they are on and excited to see them finish strong. Any message for the audience or our fans? Look, no one likes to lose 52 to 10, Brock. It's not a great feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe for the fans out there heading into the bye week, uh, do you have any suggestions? Is there like some me time? Like go to the spa, treat yourself to a nice <laughs> afternoon. Is there a book that maybe we could read? I know that they're running during the NFL these uh, Zen commercials. Have you noticed that during the NFL? Yeah, they're they running are. These 45 they second are. Zen commercials. And I'm just like picturing other fans on the brink of a mental breakdown, 
maybe a couple of alcoholic beverages deep being like trying to grip <laughs> plenty a, of any them. any message to the fans you know after a 52 to 10 loss it's never it's never easy uh <laughs> but they probably need to pick me up right now i would say fall is right around the corner so if you live in the midwest you love the fall because yeah. that's probably the best time of year around there get outside take a walk because in about three weeks it's going to be too cold to do that it's the perfect window right now trees are turning orange uh, a lot of apple cider flavored things. Get get you an apple cider flavored donut and a, and, and a coffee. Yes. Go for a nice brisk walk. The breeze in, in your face. It's gonna be perfect. Scarf season. Any any woman football fan. Any guy football fan. You have your 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 favorite jacket. Your favorite boots. Your favorite scarf. It's time to bust those out. Step away from football for a little bit. And also. If you do watch football this Saturday, that's not go for football. Take a look at the Big Ten West because nobody is playing great football right now. So that'll lift you up as well. I don't care how Minnesota looks. I don't care what the schedule looks like. This is coming down to the last week as it always is because the West is chaos. It's all right in front of you, Gopher fans. I mean, yeah, get outside, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, yeah, get some me time. Take a moment to decompress. Um, I heard at <laughs> Wendy's now they're selling pumpkin spice Frosties. Um, so, look, the options are endless. Everyone. The McRib is back also. And the McRib is back. Are you kidding me? We just gave you. <laughs> the McRib is back, baby. <laughs> we gave you a delicious, maybe not the most healthy thing, but maybe a satisfying meal for you in the future. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Fourth and Gold right here at Beyond the Big Ten. Beyond the Big Ten, we go beyond the game every single week. Um, with all of our fantastic roster of athletes giving their perspectives, taking you inside the locker room. Follow us at Beyond the Big Ten. Uh, I'm Joey Christopoulos, uh, my man, former NFL player, former Minnesota Gopher star, Brock Vereen. Thank you so much for joining, man. Be well. Have a great week. And, uh, yeah, you yourself, man, go go check out some foliage. I know we're, we're both in L.A., so we're, we got 98 <laughs> degrees, 97, 98 to deal with for the next like couple of weeks. But take it in. I certainly will, man. I certainly will. I have uh, I have a trip to Chicago this week. I'm sure it'll be nice and chilly for me. There you go. Perfect. We got our sweater weather. We got our jacket weather. Uh, take some time off. We're going to come <laughs> back next week, and we're going to preview a huge matchup that the Gophers got to get back on the W board. So we're going to be back to check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Be well, be safe, be good to each other. Fourth and goal, go for it. Go for it.